and welcome to episode 360 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. I'm Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the webcomic Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And he once body doubled for Michael Douglas in the seminal classic Romancing the Stone. It's Tony Esmond. Uh, I'll romance your stone. I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, but I'll be the jewel in your Nile. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't—they didn't make a third film in that trilogy. So sadly that's, not. Didn't, didn't they do the War of the Roses? The War of the Roses, but it, it, yeah. yeah, it was spiritual, wasn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, but yeah. I've never seen that again. I'd quite like to watch that again. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah. Oh, Dan. Oh fucking hell! Devito's in that, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, you, oh, if you're not watching, it's not. It's always funny in sunny in Philadelphia. You're missing out, man. That's the best. Yeah, I've got to get up to date on the. Oh, 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 oh. Such a great character, Frank Reynolds. Yeah, and and if you do watch it, then you'll uh, you'll probably be all right listening to us waffle yes. on for the next yeah. one and a half. Don't be too insulted. Although none of us are going to get greased up and fall out of a couch. <laughs> that we know of. The night is young. <laughs> That's um, lawless. Yeah. Well, welcome, welcome to the show. Everyone, it's just the three of us, and we have a fun little topic to talk about today. Uh, maybe you were um, caught out by another one of my clickbait titles. They're going to be a thing because I think they're taking off. Mate, I love it. I feel I, so I, cheap. I, I feel cheap and dirty, but I I look at the numbers the and, I, and I don't. I stop caring. And I give you results <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. But, you know, obviously the title is a bit of truth <laughs> truth as well because we're going to be talking about the future imperfects of the, the comic world. The, the, long, the love affair that comics have with those... It's not an alternate history. It's, it's like a... a Wilderness and, years of yeah, the character. Yeah. yeah, it's a dark and bleak look at the future for characters and that whole sort of genre and things like that um, because... At first, sometimes when it comes to some of these topics, we talk about them. And I think I can't think of many comics that are like that, and then you suddenly start listing. Yeah, I've written like fifty or something. Yeah, yeah. you're like oh, Jesus. Um, so we're going to talk about that in a bit. But I tell you what isn't bleak and imperfect. Dan, it's Whoa. Dan and his comics that he has on Comic House, our lovely sponsor. Yes. They are an indie comic marketplace that loves indie comics just as much as we do and just as much as you do. I mean, if you're listening to this show, there's a good chance that you love indie comics anyway. And uh, welcome to the Thunderdome, if you're a new listener. Uh, yeah. Seriously. When he good last week? When he good, Des? Yeah. yeah. Loads of nice really comments good. about that. Yeah, yeah thanks yeah. to people. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, no doubt if you listen to our show, then you must have checked out Comic House at some point. There's a huge selection of titles on their database. If you go to comichouse.com. If you self-publish then you can list your book on there and it's another avenue to get your work out into the world as well as the app, the digital app. It's basically like Netflix for comics, a subscription service because the world is a subscription service these days. Apart from us, we're always free because we're completely worthless. But <laughs> but, but Comic House is only £3 a month, which is less than a standard, digi- a standard digital issue these days. I can't believe I'm saying that every time I say it because it never used to be the case that that's less than a, just your standard issue. Um, but you get access to an enormous library of digital indie comics, some that have been talked about on the show before, some that will be talked about on the show. Maybe there's one that I'll talk about later. Um, and it's been added to all the time. What stuff is on there at the moment, Dan? We've got the last Homicide Issue 1, Comic Scene Annual 2021, The Wild Ashore Volume 1, uh, History of Comics 1977 with uh, Princess Leia on the cover, <clears throat> and 
a future imperfect with uh, atomic hercules goes hey. mm, there's a future imperfect very much so <laughs> it's a present <laughs> imperfect with that character <laughs> so it's uh, written by Tony Esmond and the art juice by Adam Falk. The story synopsis goes as thus. <laughs> Never cheat your cards. It may cause you to get stabbed, die, and poo yourself. Uh, not in the order in brackets. So there you go. Going classy as always. Yeah. 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 And also that is, that's the synopsis, short and sweet, and doesn't spoil yeah. the story. Yeah. Um, or yeah. maybe it does. You'll just have to read it for yourself, and you can read it. On comic on the Comic House app. To find out more, uh, start your fourteen free fourteen day free trial and dive headfirst into the w- the world that we talk about every week. Go to comichouse.com. And uh, from shouting out about uh, people that support us every week to um, some lovely people who have had Ooh. their names mentioned in some upcoming awards, isn't that right, Tony? How exciting is this? Exciting, exciting. yeah, mm. yeah. So for those that don't know, the Eisner nominations came out. <clears throat> this week um i'm um able to vote so i voted um i can't say who i voted for but it's probably most of these people um <laughs> just to be clear um so we did a little we we had a little scan through and we picked out ex guests and friends who've been nominated marvelously and rightly so uh, i'm going to say for me top of the list martin simmons um with james T- james tinney and the eighth and oh, the department of truth yeah best mm-hmm. continuing story from day one, loved that series. Absolutely brilliant. The best thing. Um, I really hope he wins. Um, number two, um, also close friend of the show, we met a couple of times, is Daniel Warren Johnson. He's, I think he's got three noms. Um, he's not a nom. story. <laughs> he does the artwork in the book I'm going to be talking about tonight. Oh, cool. Okay. So, best short story, Superman Red and Blue. Best limited series, Beta Ray Bill. Best writer artist, Beta Ray Bill. Love that series. Uh, and I bought the red and blue and I thought it was very good as well actually um, we get two for one on the next one which is Sophie and Scarlett Rickard who I think Dan we interviewed at Wimbledon I think that's where we did it oh, was right, it okay was it a Cardiff when I was with you Vince I can't remember but we've definitely they've definitely had one of those sort of spots uh, interviewed at a con and good luck to them they did the ragged trousered philanthropist as an adaption um, number five guest uh, who's been on and we're big fans of his work we think he's great um, um unassuming but brilliantly written brilliant as a writer and it's ram v um I, i'm reading his swamp thing at the moment loving it i think it's absolutely great so great to see him on the list mm. i think that, that's, a, that's also a character that um is a difficult audience to please so if you can please the swamp thing audience yeah i'm wearing a swamp thing t-shirt at the moment it's got a quote from a certain other writer we're not going to mention we <laughs> mentioned the quote because it's hilarious yeah do you want to say it dan yeah it's uh what is it with dudes and swamp thing Educate me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, number seven, um, from one half of um, Phillips and Brubaker, Sean Phillips, um, for the reckless books he's doing, um, like richly deserved. Um, they're they're really they're storming comics, aren't they? Those two, mm. um, along with Sean's son Jacob, who's also nominated for best colorist um, for Destroy Monsters as well. So, and that's richly deserved as well. I think Jake's great. Um, Jacob's great. Sorry, the um, I met Jacob and Sean in a convention in America as well. They're a great company. Good, to see, good to see them getting nominated. Um, and I think they'll probably win again. They, uh, Sean and um, Phillips and Brubaker won last year, didn't they as well? Um, so that's good. And the final one, which is a bit of a cheeky one, because it's a book published by our friends at Europe Comics, and it's Days of Sand by Amni De Jong. Um, and I, I read this. I think I recommended it about a year ago. Absolutely outstanding. What a book. 
Um, so that's rightfully so. And I think that's in the translated section, you know, translated mm-hmm. uh, comic. Some other stuff that we've all mentioned, I thought we'd, we'd, we'd just run quickly through. So Mysterious Traveller by Zach Cruzet, um, which is a Steve Ditko, book on Steve Ditko, which is just astoundingly good. A real academic approach to that creator, which I loved. Um, best fan publications, Alter Ego by the mighty Roy Thomas. Um, all of the Marvels by Douglas Woke, which is the one where the dude read all the Marvel comics. Do you remember that one? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Yes. Um, uh, I know Tom's mentioned this. He's a fan of it. It's Spy Family by Tatsu- Tatsuya Endo, uh, the manga. Um, one that a couple of us have read is Kaiju Number 8, Nayo Matsumoto, which we very much enjoyed. Um, Monsters by Barry Windsor Smith. Hopefully so. would be surprised yeah, if that wasn't great. on the list. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's an outstanding piece of work. One of a favourite of yours, Dan, Ultra Mega by James Harron. Yes, excellent. Um, a f- probably, I'm going to say almost pretty much your book of the year last year, Vince, wasn't it? Stray Dogs? Oh, yeah. Was that yeah, this I year? I can't remember. I, I think that was this year I discovered it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. I mean, I, yeah. was late, I was late to the game. It was one of those ones that was on my, always on the list. And I think, um, I know Sarah Harris uh, talked about it. Yeah. Uh, our pal yeah. Sarah, she's always talked about it a lot, but yeah. There's no yeah, I thought I really, I really yeah. read it, I've got to tell you. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah. it was great. Um, and um, The Scumbag by Rick Remender, another book we really liked. Oh, man, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah. Strange Death of Alex Raymond by Dave Sin and Carson Gruber, um, which is fucking amazing. I was talking to Pete from um, the Lakes podcast the other day on, on, on uh, direct messaging breathtaking absolutely incredible um and uh i think that's it we mentioned jacob phillips and we best colorist mm-hmm. yeah so it's, it's a nice there's obviously i read a, a really interesting and well-written blog this week about this about there's always those books you go how is that on there <laughs> you know what <laughs> i mean have you got them in front of you uh, I can do. who uh got nominated for the webcomic let me i think uh is there a separate one for webcomic? i can't remember it might be there's got to be in there, surely. Um, best. Oh, last year it was um, that one you liked, Dan. Um, Scary. Chris, Crisis Zone. Oh, right. Bloody yeah. hell. Okay. Uh, That's interesting. I'm just looking through it now, just scrolling down. Hang on. So it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I can scrolling through their gump. So how does one get nominated? Is it like your peers or you kind of, you're nominated? I think there's like or... a panel, isn't there? Okay. Um, yeah, there is a, there is our oh, best digital our oh, best digital comic. So it's Days of Sand, which talked about because I suppose it was just on Comicsology, wasn't it? In English language, it's not been picked up. Right, Although okay. I think it just has. Yeah. Um, everyone is Tulip by Dave Baker and Nicole Go. Everyone is Tulip It's Jeff by Kelly Thompson and Gura Hiru. I love that. I love that title. <laughs> yeah. it's, Jeff. it's Jeff. It's Jeff. Um, Love After World Domination, issues one to three by Hiroshi Noda and Takashiro Wakamatsu, um, Kodasha, Kodansha, and Snow Angels by Jeff Lemire and Jock, which is a comicsology special, wasn't it? Uh, oh, there is okay. a best web comic, so that's digital. So, best web comic is Batman Wayne Family Adventures, um, Isle of Elsie by Alec Longstreth. Tell me if you know any of these, Dan, because I don't know. No, yeah, no. Uh, Law Olympus by Rachel Smythe and Webtoons. That's going to win. Yeah, is that that's, a popular one? That's it? that's an enormous. That's yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, that is, and and it's very very good. Um, Tom Curry got us. Got me uh, yeah, right. Okay. That's one Tom Curry recommended. It depends yeah. on who the voting people is because I got I voted because of Nobrow, my work with Nobrow, but I don't know who. I don't know if there's 
enough people that, you know do you know what I mean? it depends who the, the voters are for this yeah yeah because yeah. it's not a public vote i don't think yeah you've got to like register and i know um jason woodward he tried to register from 11 o'clock comics and they wouldn't let him because they said no it's a podcast which seems a bit strange for anyone you know the breadth that those guys have got but um next one uh uh navalera like a butterfly by hun and jimmy mm. nope it's like a japanese translation and the final one is Unmasked by Brary and Newty. It's a Webtoon Factory Europe Comics one. I, th- no. I mean, I mean, the thing is, if you like, like I always say on the show, if you don't know it, then seek it out. You never know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it might be. That's uh... a good thing about this, you know. There's some stuff I've never heard of on here that yeah. I'm thinking. I want to have a look, see what that is. You know, there's obviously there's always stuff that you know. It's, yeah, it must I'd be say something... for, there's stuff that on here that I've. It's the best year so far for me having read whole sections. That's you know pretty I mean? good. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they seem to be like reaching into that that group of comics that are perhaps more popular, maybe, or more available, maybe. I don't know. You know. It feels um, kind of uh, vilified in the way that the titles that have been picked are ones that we've managed to get hold of and read and read and enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah this deserves the, the nom, as it were. So, best, let's just do one then. Should we do best continuing series? Is um, Bitterroot with David F. Walker, Chuck Brown, and Sanford Green. That's a good series. Um, that's an image comics. I'm not Depart- reading that. Department of Truth, obviously. Yeah, genius. Brilliant. Yeah. Immortal Hulk by Al Ewing and Joe Joe Bennett, which has obviously just ended. Yeah. It's it's okay. I enjoy it. I think it's all right. I think the art is the high point in most part for it for me. Okay. Um, Nightwing by Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. Again, the art is fucking outstanding in that book. I read it today, actually. Just lovely. And... Um, Something is Killing the Children by James Tinian again and Werther Deladero, which uh, my son reads and I have a little peek into, and it's very good. Yeah, mm. I have to say. That's like, one really I really good. want to catch up yeah, on because that's got mm. like spin offs and like, you know, it's a yeah. real it's a real cult favourite, that one, isn't it? So, yeah, my boy just went, this is really good. You've got to read it. It's like yeah. one of those, you know. And in terms of like comics that have those long titles, which is something we've talked, <laughs> we've talked a little bit about yeah. last week as well, that's one of the better long titles because it's so, gotcha. okay. what the hell? Do you know what I mean? You read a title like that and you're thinking, what? Is Do you think about? those titles are going to be like a flash in the pan, and then that's it? Like they go back to? I think, I think in some way, I, no. I think there's a certain element to it that um, comics is very much like music in a lot of ways, and you know, like sometimes you get an like an album, like a genre of music or some albums that you look on the the track listing on the back, and they're just the most the longest titles for songs <laughs> yeah. that you've ever seen in your life, and you just think what. Uh, <laughs> I'll do anything for love, but I won't take it up to Gary Glitter. That's yeah, a good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I think it's around. I, th- I think that we're going to see titles of all kinds, really. Um, all shapes, yeah. yeah. Stripes. Yeah. There's some strong ones. Here's. Let, let me just read um, best. Should I do best writer? Yeah. Um, best writer: Ed Brew, Brew Baker, Kelly Sue DeConnick for Wonder Woman. Philippe Milo for Ballad of for Sophie, which is a top shelf book. I'm reading that one. Ram B and James Tinney in the fourth. Oh, That's right, a strong good, yeah. thought, isn't it? That's, yeah. 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 I, I, th- I think it's between uh, Ram and Tinian, to be honest. I agree. I that, yeah. yeah, I think you might be right. Oh, no. I think I. Should we have a fiver on it? Let's a fiver? Five what? In, these, in this day and age? Yeah, you mad? Oh, you don't think you're going to win then? Come on then. The um, I'm going to say Ed, I'm going to say Ed Brubaker. Who you say? Oh. I'll go whatever one V doesn't go on. No, no, no. You, 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 you pick, Dan. Which one are you immediately leaning towards? Tinian. 
Tinian and Tinian. I'll pick, I'll pick Ram, Ram V. Okay. Five gentlemen's bet. It's, just you got a sexist. I was going to pick Kelly Sudaconic. Um, right, and uh... <laughs> you had first. Hang pick. on, you have first. Pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, best penciler inker, Philippe and Andrade, Many Desolated Star, which is amazing, a beautiful book. Um, Phil Jimenez for Wonder Woman, that would be a strong choice. Bruno Redondo for Nightwing, just brilliant. S. Ribic for the Eternals, and look at this P. Craig Russell for North Mythology in the book of Neil Gaiman, the Dark Horse. That's a strong field as well. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell. That's a good year, actually. It's a nice lot of, you know, it's not like, oh, this really niche title that was published by this sort of, you know, art house fucking, you know, Mm. or this book that was designed just to be distributed in libraries. Has Isaac Ribic ever won an Eisner? I don't know, actually. So when do we find out the results of that? Yeah. Uh, San Diego, whenever San Diego is, it's like okay. anywhere, isn't it? That's J- yeah. July or August, isn't it? Uh, I think I, so, I, I, yeah. I, wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong. I think you're right, man. I think it's July, is it? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so it'd be quite interesting. Yeah, I did it straight away. I got excited and did it. And with Cliff Cumber looking over my shoulder <laughs> in a pub. <laughs> Not the first time that Cliff Cumber looks over your shoulder. That's true. I'm the big Alison Bestdale, is that the one who done the, the Bestdale test? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, because she's got a book in there for the secret to see human strength. Man, I've read that. I don't get that book. I don't know why it keeps getting on best of lists. I don't understand it. What's okay. it about? Uh, it's about her sort of training, getting stronger and stuff, isn't it? I don't. Yeah, there's a few that left me scratching my head on there, man. Okay, saying. fair enough. Yeah. It always, it always is though, isn't it? Really? Not every comics to everyone. No. Yeah. Look at Oscar winners and crap like that. You know what I mean? There's always something. Yeah, there. yeah, and you're always gonna have that. look there's these awards and the people that get these awards deserve to win these awards but then there's always going to be people like yeah. well they shouldn't have won well I think uh, Oscars are a bit more divisive than the Eisners I would say you watch like, your mouth Dan you keep oh, the Oscars out of your goddamn mouth <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't, I, I've, there's a few people who've won Eisners before and I've gone what right. the fuck happened there Hamish <laughs> <laughs> still sorry uh, I I um. <laughs> I'm fucking shocked. Oh dear. Oh dear. But anyway, take that back. from the from the bright from the bright future um that is the the comics Eisners and the wonderfully um cr- talented and creative people there to a bleak future. Um sometimes apocalyptic comic sales. Most of the time yeah. most of the time lonely. Yeah. Comics. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying um, to think of any comic where they've gone and gone forward and there's been like a utopia. It doesn't really have much of a story. Well, if they if they well, that's an interesting thing to talk about because hmm. um, what we decided to have a bit of fun talking about this week is is those sort of um, the bleak looks looks ahead at uh, some absolute classics. Now, if you don't know what necessarily what I'm talking about because my introduction is so terrible, how about a couple of titles that were immediately like give you an idea of what we're talking classics. about. Classics. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I know Dan and Tony have a, a couple of, a list of a bunch before Well we... to me the big daddy, I we, we agree, Dan is um Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Closely followed by Old Man Logan. Yeah. yeah. I think the more recent one, Old Man Logan's fucking set the stage for a lot of what came yeah. after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The funny enough I was I was looking at um the old man Logan stuff. You know there's these spin off titles Waste, I think they're called the Wastelands, aren't they? 
Okay. And there's a Wolverine one, there's a Black Widow one, and a Star Lord. Do you know that there are also audio plays on Spotify? I really? didn't know that. Yeah, I listened to the um, the Star Lord one today. Old Man Star Lord is called or something. Any good? <laughs> no, it sounds no, like really. some bloke who smoked a bit too much. Oh, to me. Right, okay. okay, but I think the problem is I like I prefer the comics. Yeah. Right. But if you're gonna do a any kind of live action with a vi- the audio or visual combination, it needs to be a con- the same voice for someone like Star Lord for me. I couldn't. It just took me a while, and I went, "No, nah, I'm not gonna bother turning it off." Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know about that. I kind of get a bit fucking precious when it comes to sort of comic book stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah, but is that's interesting? Um, yeah, one of the one of the ones I thought we we should mention in in a way is spiritually related to Dark Knight is Batman Beyond. Oh, definitely. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's a really. I think. Of all the kind of like future takes where like you got the successor taking up the kind of the role of the mentor, uh, Batman Beyond does a really good job of it. Mm. Yeah, I think. Let's so. not forget the 2099 universe. Yeah, the X-Men, I actually yeah. quite like the X Men one of that. Yeah, mm. I don't mind. I really like the the Spider Man one. The Spider Man one really is the is the clearly um, most successful one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's back again, isn't it? Now, mm. yeah, but there the, was the uh, the Iron Man. Warren Ellis wrote the Iron Man one, didn't he? I didn't appreciate the uh, the Punisher one at the time. Uh, but now, after I've reread it, I, like, I really like this. Yeah, Pat wrote that. I didn't realise that. Yeah. Because uh, I, I came at it too straight, thinking this is what the punch is going to be like, and it was more, it was like a Pat Mills character, and I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. But I can see yeah, it for yeah. what it is now. I mean, they are characters. They're, di- they're not the same character. It's not Frank Castle, is it? I can't no, remember. yeah. It's yeah. Jake something. Yeah. But the... So I, I thought we were sort of more specifically looking at characters, yes. the same one. But I mean, they count. The one but, I was thinking of was Guardians of the Galaxy, the the, the sort of first volume and second volume of it. Doom twenty ninety nine is the it's same Doom as well, right? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the Guardians of the Galaxy, we did have Wonder Man, and we did have a few older characters, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was he called Hollywood or something like that? I think he was called, wasn't he? Oh God, I can't yeah. remember, man. Yeah, it's been fucking years since I've read uh, Guardians. But yeah, yeah, that was set in like a kind of a future uh, Marvel universe, wasn't it? Because there yeah. wasn't the, the main character Vance carrying around uh, Captain, Captain America's America shield. shield, Vance Astro. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he was he'd come from present time, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, okay, I oh, see. Yeah. I got quite late on in in Guardians. Let's. So I think it'll be back. Because everyone sees Guardians as being the Guardians Star we see Lord, in the movies, yeah, and it was yeah. a whole different ball game back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we can say something, Vince. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean. There's, as you can tell, folks. There's lists of loads, and it's usually the big two, all the different alternate takes on, like Future Imperfect for Hulk, and you know, there's. I think Fantastic Four had. Yeah. There's been several sort of the end of the final arc. They, yeah, the, the, the end was almost like a, an imprint on its own yeah. at one point, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But let, let's just start with this. Why do you think those sorts of stories? Um, are so popular and people people want to see that because I've got usually yeah, they're I've, quite grim, aren't they? Yeah, I've got a couple of theories around this because I know this is something that um, Mark Miller asked us as well, wasn't it? And it mm. got me it got the old uh, grey matter working. I think there's a couple of reasons. One, there's actual jeopardy. Yeah. So when any of these characters at the end of their lives, you're expecting them possibly to die. Mm. Well, if it's Spider Man in a monthly comic. Even if he does die, you know, he's going to come back in a couple of weeks. You know, um, I think that's a big part of it. And also, I think getting a familiar character 
and putting him in in an unfamiliar environment works well mm. because it freshens it up for you. Yeah. It gives you a different viewpoint and it freshens a whole scenario up to you. You know, even n- never mind sending them into the future. For example, Krakoa, you know, that's done that for the X-Men, hasn't it? It's mm. freshened yeah. it up yeah. from just being back in the X-Mansion. But I think I, when you take someone and put them in the future yeah. and, and at the end of their life as well, I think that's got that double hit to it. I yeah. think, you know, and for me, um, Old Man Logan is probably my favourite of, of all of them. And for me, the best example of it, because reading that was a revelation of a character that I stopped caring about. Because, uh, you know, when I was a kid, Wolverine, okay. Wolverine was one of those characters. Of course I loved it. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. just the best. But then it's just watered down. Oh, just yeah. oh, I just too much of it. I know everything. I've seen it all. Oh, this is. And to be honest, if I'm going to be honest, it, a lot of the time, it gets quite boring. And then there was this take that was both familiar and alien. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I knew where I was with it, but I didn't know where the story was going, and that immediately made it exciting. Yeah, there's and, that jeopardy, isn't it? Yeah, you, you're almost like expecting you say, him to die, aren't you? Yeah, and yeah. like you say, you have the. Oh, you know the the heroes always come back. No, because they've been dead for fifty years, and yeah. here's why. Do you know what I mean? There's a there's a definite concrete underlining of what happened. But that's sort of the trauma in the story, where because yeah. he fucking went berserker like he does in spoiler always yes, well, he's killed all killed the people around him. He's kind of like almost become like a pacifist to the point where he doesn't want any kind of conflict. Yeah, I think we're in any medium we're drawn to that person who has that sort of almost like a depth of sadness in their eyes. Yeah, hmm. yeah. You know, there's there's a tragic quality to him in the future, and and there's a there's a mystery to what's happened as well, yeah. which is yeah. intriguing. So yeah. you're thinking, well, how? Why is he? What is this? Fifty years? What's yeah. happened between the two times? You know. It's the it's Clint, that, Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven. It's the it's yeah, the yeah. the gunslinger that you know. God no, you know we haven't seen what they've done in their life, but it was clearly horrible, I, and they just I mean, want to move on. For me, like Wolverine should always be written as a tragic character, and he should never be on everything going gravy for him. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, you know when he was going to get married, and then it's just like, no, I can't. You're unworthy. Yeah. I can't marry you, and just nothing works out for him. Like with the, the whole Gene and Scott thing, he sh- he should like think he's almost got there with Gene and then just gets blown out because that's the character. Like, he should be sitting on the side of a side of a cliff drinking a can of beer thinking, yeah. I'm not part of this, yeah. you yeah. know, to me. Agreed. Are, they, yeah. are these, these future stories then? Let me ask this question. Are they better out of continuity? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, we, I mean, for, for me, I think they're Elseworlds. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, you're like... Yeah. Okay. It's, it's I, not, what frustrates me, they're written as Elseworlds. But then, when they become popular, they're kind of like folded yeah, into continuity, yeah. and which is what I'm with Old Man Logan. I'm gonna yeah. have I'm gonna have a mini rant. I haven't done this. You hate yet. Old Man I, Logan when he comes back, don't you? I I love Old Man Logan. I don't need other, any more old no. men titles in the Marvel no. universe. I don't need okay. it. Okay, no. I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't. And and yeah. the constant. I know where they're doing it because it's it's IP and they're just making yeah. money. You know, it's looking. But folding these characters into an existing universe is so sort of like oh whatever i don't care <laughs> no i mean they did they do that with uh, age of apocalypse like bring back characters that were popular yeah. in yeah and yeah. fold them into yeah. modern yeah i think the only one that for me around the time that because it was x-man wasn't it nate gray what happened yeah. to him yeah. where is he he's still about i think yeah. Yeah. that's one of the problems with the x-men is so much of the kind of like coming back from this bleak future 
and like giving them well they can't die at the moment can they they all get really yeah yeah i mean that really adds the jeopardy to your characters they can't die so okay great this is my theory about how it's different between marvel and dc because marvel have this set well they used to have this sort of set history that runs from a to z you know or a to you know p or something you know with still further to go on but dc has this legacy character thing going on so within the same existence not perhaps the same multiple reality but within you know the same framework and uh, you know umbrella of the comics you can have an older superman from one earth meet a younger superman from another or you can have like old wildcat you know this this like old boxer you know bump yeah. into batman you know there's this almost legacy of of, of people i mean look how many how many hawkmen have we seen you know how many atoms have there been yeah there's even been a few wonder women you know this sort of thing yeah. that's fine so you do get characters who are at the end of their you know the wilderness years as it were with these sort of younger characters and i think that works better there somehow I agree. It's, not, like, it's not as common in marvel we got like maybe union jack a couple of things have happened but you know yeah, I'm kind of I'm pretty much done with the multiverse stuff. Uh, I don't know about you two. Uh, oh, God, yeah. like, oh God, yeah, I don't read But it depends yeah. where you read it. I mean, if you read it post-crisis, that all the worlds have been blended into one of that. Point. Yes, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, one of the other things I'd say about that kind of like having a view at the future of kind of like the character in the future and a different thing, uh, and it relates to the modern book, always people, when you're continuing like monthly comic banging on and it's been going for ages, you always think, well, where's this going? And by giving a glimpse at the future you're sort of given a, a, a path or something to go for. And sometimes the books head that way and sometimes don't. And it's kind of, yeah. it's a bit of a strange one because mm. there's something like this doesn't happen for 500 years. And then suddenly you start seeing elements in the comic and it's like, well, hold on, that's fucking, yeah. this shouldn't be in here. You kind of, the, the writing's a bit off here. I think oh, also- DC, DC are guilty of this all over the place. They've done it so many times where they presented this future reality and Sometimes it's used. Sometimes characters travel back. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes, you know, they deny that it happened. The big one I always think was 1 million, DC 1 million in 1998. Did any of you read that? I didn't I know of it. I didn't read it. Yeah. So they worked, somebody at DC worked out what the year would be when they when their main issues reached a million. And it was the 853rd century. So they set a load of characters there. Um, okay. It was, it was interesting for a month, but it was like a month long thing. Okay. Um, and then they did Future's End, which was Heroes Jump Forward five years. They did Legion of Superheroes five years later. You know, they're forever doing it. But the problem for me, if you keep doing that, you've got to at some point reach that, you know, five years later. You've, you've got, got to catch up with it. Yeah. yeah. And what is it then? Like a perhaps yeah. future that didn't happen or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just that, kind of... That's why if you try to bring it into continuity, it's just an absolute mess. It becomes... Absolute mess. Absolute nonsense. And that's, that's the problem with a lot of it. But... That's half why time, I agree with you in Elseworlds. Yeah, and half the time it doesn't. It ends up just being it doesn't matter because a lot of the stories yeah. some, sometimes are so inconsequential that you forget about it and just move on. Yeah. <laughs> it, that, that's sad, but. So what's uh, your your rant, V? Oh, that was the old man. Uh, oh, okay, old gotcha, men. Gotcha. I, I'm an old man ranting about old men. Yeah, <laughs> think about that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So what was what would be your favourite then? You got to name a couple that your favourites. What about what about you, D? Because you've you said old man Logan. Yeah, you? yeah, I said old man Logan. Yeah. I think well, I think one of my other favourites is more yeah. of an an alternate present rather than um, a okay. possible future. So. I like the uh, obviously the, the Dark Knight is going to be the uh, the, the go to. Yeah, yeah, because I can't think of one that does it. Did it first, then Dark Knight. 
where you kind of get we get a look at this character kind of nearer the, the later part of their life uh one i did like and this is kind of like where i think these future stories work and that's hulk future imperfect okay where yeah you, we take the character and we look at an issue it's not just oh here's the hulk in the apocalypse fucking people up it's a <laughs> reflection on the character because this is what happens to him when he gets like gammed up even more and he he becomes a bad guy and yeah that's always kind of like the, the hulk's thing of it of getting he's always been seen as that like kind of riding the line between a good guy and a bad guy because he can fucking flip out and start wrecking shit so getting like facing coming up against himself is uh that's a really nice idea a really nice concept and they, they handle it really well it's peter david isn't it yeah, Future yeah. is yeah. it dale keown or is it no it's um george perez isn't it yeah, yeah it is good yeah, yeah, yeah. George Perez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah i was commenting like there's a couple of there's a scene where you get this shot of the marketplace and it's a double page spread by george perez and it's like fucking hell this is amazing yeah really well done you can look at every stall and see the people there do you know what i mean it's like yes yeah, it's great um but yeah what about for, you, me, for me there's a couple um the one that i perhaps had most impact on me as a child was it's kind of a it's it's a bit of a cheat by saying it's the future but it's like um it's like jasper had created Jasper's world, you know, this sort of fake future that everyone thought they were in. He sort of diverged the timeline, I think. But it's there's a moment in, I think it's Daredevils, or is it Marvel? My word of Marvel. It's, well, I think it's one of the two issues, the black and white Marvel UK story drawn by Alan Davis. And there's a queue, it's like a fake 1984, where Jasper, okay. the villain, is like the the face of Big Brother, you know? Oh, and right, okay. they're, they're in like a queue, I can't remember what it is, it's like a food queue or a queue into a, concentration camp or something and someone bumps into brian and he's got a coat on and she sees underneath the um the costume and he takes it off and then you know then then the the revolution begins and it's fucking hell what a moment absolutely brilliant you know before they started making before yeah before they started making captain britain a joke everywhere left right and center it's just like such a great moment um and one of the other ones is starlight which is um the mark miller story which is kind of what would happen if Flash Gordon was at the end of his life, wasn't he? Do you remember? Yeah. That's such a good series. I remember us going nuts for that at the time. Really good. Um, and you know, there's that, he ends up going back to the planet, doesn't he? And mm. fine, even though he's a bit creaky and old. And man, again, there's that Japanese. Yeah, you have. You have read it, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think you have. You've read what, it, Vince. Wasn't it um, Cassidy who did that? No, one? it's. Um, Who's the Russian sounding dude? Oh. Uh, Goran Parlov. Goran Parlov, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah Parlov. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. I don't think I read all of it, but I read a couple of them. They're oh, very, very, good. very, very good. Yeah, um, and it's well, got that thing at the start where he's staring, he's staring at all of his like clippings and yeah. certificates on a wall. And yeah, just gorgeous. I think with these sort of stories, um, they're very poignant within sort of notable, sort of, you know, the mainstream characters, the, the ones we know and we love or that we've got some knowledge of. Do you think these sort of um, alternate futures are more difficult to write if you you haven't got those easy stepping t- stepping stones? Well, if you're not before. using an established character, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're, I, you're, you're I, trying to yeah. set up, you're trying to set up a history. You're trying to set up empathy for the yeah. character before you yeah. go. You show him as like creaky I, and old, yeah. and otherwise nobody cares. I think so. it only works if it's a pre-established character. Really? Really? Yeah. How can you sort of like 
because it is trading on stuff you know about them and, and yeah, yeah. tropes about the character that if they're not set up. And I think yeah. also, yeah, like, like like you say, Dan, it, it works with existing sort of IP, isn't it? I mean, there's, I mean, I haven't read any, but I presume that there's Terminator comics set in that future. There must be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but because we have knowledge of that future, we we have a footing, we have a ground, isn't it? Yeah. But I'll tell you almost, one that on, I'll then. tell you one that isn't set up, but I think works is Lone Wolf and Cub. So he's an he's a he's an older executioner, isn't he? He's the older dude. You yeah. Know, he escapes with the kid. But uh, I guess he, he is living in these time period, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. See, it's like not, with yeah, atomic, I suppose it's not a bleak future, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, a ble- it's, like, a, it's almost a bleak sort of like uh, look. Yeah, he's on he's on the road. Yeah. He's on the road yeah. to die, isn't he? Basically. Yeah, yeah. Like um, with Atomic Kirk, that that works perfectly. But like we don't know Atomic Kirk yeah. from like thirty years ago, and then he's pushed into the apocalypse. You know what I mean? And, it's yeah, be, and the thing is, just lot, knew him when he was in his mid forties. <laughs> a lot of these, a lot of these stories, especially like when it comes to the mainstream ones as well, the the post apocalypse is the easy shortcut isn't it for a lot of these things if you know it's like like an old man logan for instance is a yeah you know it just seems like well it's, it's just the parallel with it's him isn't it the, the yeah. earth is him you know he's yeah. he's decaying and old and dying and the earth around yeah. him is decaying and old and dying and, yeah yeah do you think um, and that's obviously that those sort of worlds aren't something we see with the regular monthly comics that you you know so is it do you think it's just uh it's a rich avenue for writers and creators rather than just going over the standard here we are in a modern mm. city do you think it's do you think it's no i think i think a lot of this lies in the writing mm. i don't yeah. know if there's enough strong writers about at the moment to carry it off no i i really think you need to kind of like it, it can't just be a character turns up in the future and there's some injustice they got to go right right the wrong of you got to kind of have something to say with that character beyond just yeah is it, Bat- is it Batman Superman or is it Justice League where we get that future bit? Uh, Batman suddenly uh, in the future. That's Batman Superman, isn't it? Like is it? Batman, he, he kind of, the uh, Superman squad or wherever it is, the, the police yeah. in the desert bit. Yeah. and There's, there's bit no investment, you see, yeah, on that. Yeah. yeah. No. But it's it's almost, it's also, it's a, it's a different, I mean, we've had things like, uh, I guess the Flash has probably jumped forward in, in time. Where we've yeah. Had c- yeah, untold current- times. Well, you've got Reverse Flash. He's from the future. Yeah. And it's a yeah. very different thing, isn't it, when you take a contemporary character, whoever they are, and put them in a future. Um, whereas I think what we're talking about is tales of these futures, isn't it? Like yes. everything is established. Like you say, from, from like, you know, um, the, the Dark Knight Returns to... You know, future imperfect and stuff. Age of Apocalypse was a fucking big deal. I wasn't really into it at the time. I don't know why that seems like my cup of tea, but that a lot of people fucking loved that. Oh uh, god, yeah. Yeah, I didn't I bought it and it took me a long time to actually get through it. I found it something okay. of a slog. Like Gambit yeah. and the Eternals and all this sort of thing. I was like, Yeah. I, I, I mean I, I loved it, but then again, I love the the stronger issues for me were the main issues. Do you know what I mean? That that's right. the core. So the, was it and the Alpha and the Amiga issues? Yeah, right? I, yeah, yeah. I think that, that was that was quality. But that was it, it was a, a big Joe Madariah doing that. Yeah, Joe uh, Madariah did. Yeah, did those. Ones. John Romita Jr. did the covers, didn't he? Is that right? Uh, Madariah did yeah. the covers of. I think he he did like the Alpha and Omega one, but um, oh, because okay. they were all different, doing different comics, weren't it? That was yeah. that was when Marvel dared to do something different with the X Universe. Can you imagine that? Mind you, you know Krakoa. You know. Yeah, I, I feel like I need to kind of move that story on now. I'm not yeah. really kind of up on reading it, but it's kind of. I was like, reading it all today. Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting where they've got to, but it's like you, you can't just have them fucking sitting on this island and everything's great. 
Well, the, the thing is, they've become neither heroes nor villains. They've become life, haven't they? They've become, you know, the, if you if you read it now, you've got secrets and shadow, ca- you know, governments and right. uh, trials and, yeah, you know, this is you got a prison um, and, you yeah, know, so it's uh, become uh, yeah, I mean, life in general, you know. Yeah, but also for, from a purely entertainment comic book uh, perspective, what you're saying there doesn't sound fun to me. Some and, of it's fun. And, and the Marauders X, is and, fun. And the, you know, yeah, you've got a couple yeah. that are like they're like the, the pirates, the X Men, yeah, you've got X Force, exactly. but the, the general but the state X, is closed. The X Men, the X Men, and the Uncanny X Men. You know, even though it's like there, there were there was some crazy dark stuff going on, it was always fun, wasn't it? That's the and uh, do you think with these sort of stories we talk about it, because the the Dark Knight Returns, um, yeah, it's not class, it's not a big avenue for humour, is it? Could you class no. that as fun? But people have such. They love reading it. Do you know what I mean? Well, Dark Knight Returns is a, is a whole different one because it's it was so developed and so um, well crafted by um, Frank that it includes satire as well, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of like the TV stuff, the stuff with the you know mm. Superman and the Eagle and you know all this sort of thing. There's a lot in there that is commentary yeah. Yeah. as well. Yeah. And the funny thing about those sort of things, like there's commentary and, and caricatures of certain things, and because they're popular. The publishers end up sort of try using it as something else, don't they? they yeah. They make, they make it a real thing and don't really get the joke. They mm. don't get the satire. Do you know what I mean? It, sometimes you think, oh yeah, here's this awful character. Oh, they've just made a series about it, but that wasn't the point. I'll tell you another big daddy one, which I think is worth mentioning, is um, the last Galactus story, which appeared in Epic Monthly. Did you ever read that? No, didn't see. No. So that was by John Byrne, and it was Galactus at the end of time. And is it Bernie J? What was her name? Not Bernie. Who is Nova? That character, Frankie you know, Ray. She, Frankie Ray. That's it. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was Bernie J. Frankie Ray. Um, yeah, she was. She was his herald in that, and um, that was an amazing looking story. You know, so you got Galactus, who obviously was this character who came from the last universe, didn't he? That yes. was the thing about Galactus coming to the end of the current one. Yes. Yeah, great story i think that that's that's something that should be read more i can't remember the actually finished it i don't know if, yeah. I don't think he finished it yeah that's an amazing story i'm yeah. trying to think of that concept of the uh character coming to a utopia not being happy i just wondered if he had magneto coming to a future where like humans and mutants are getting on absolutely spiffingly and he's yeah like, no. uh, yeah I, I think with something like <laughs> that the interesting um story you could do with it is there's this utopia and this character you know the the utopia they always say they're going to create and then when they're there they're like there's always like cracks in it aren't they they create yeah. the, they create the problem do you know what i mean yeah, so, because so thinks yeah mutants are superior and yeah. they shouldn't be but uh, the, well as far for, as last time i read it yeah to character there's there's a moment where you can have a look at a character going well it's not the end result that they're so impassioned about it's the goal. It's the the work of getting there. Do you know what I mean? Because I think a lot of characters are like, I want this to be a utopia, but when they get that, do they know? We're never happy, Vince. It? We're never happy. You know? No. Do, do we know what we're gonna what it's gonna be like when we get there? And you suddenly think, after everything, do you know what I mean? You know, all the all the hardships. I could be married to Heidi Klum. I'd still be looking around. Be honest. <laughs> it's the journey, isn't it? Not so much the destination. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, how, would you, how would you write a utopia comic though? Do you know what I mean? Just, uh, the one example you know, I think of is, is Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. So Superboy travels into the future and he comes across this super team 
that's um you know all speaking interlac and all these different planets have joined together you know and all this mm. sort of thing it's not a perfect future but it's you know it's painted as like a superhero club in the future where crime is really low mm. you know a bit of that in that a bit of an aside but i think that's why uh they struggle and i don't know why they've done it with the modern trek i know you watch it tony but i'm not a massive fan it's the the star trek the uh, federation is supposed to be uh, at our at us as our best and we mm. were getting on fucking great and it couldn't be better and we we come in contact with other cultures that think differently and how that goes not the fact that we're uh, the federation of shits in the middle, yeah, it's an yeah, easy option it, to make make yeah, these the the really bastards aren't they that yeah. whole sort of like oh everyone gets along well no not everyone gets along why can't everyone get along that's the whole point. Is like it's supposed to be all getting along. We're it's supposed great, to be a we, utopia, and then yeah. we're discovering things. That all right, harder, then. So you, you get to, to live in a you get to live in a comics future. What one do you live in? <laughs> oh Jesus! Most of them are absolutely depressing. Yeah. Uh, Atari Force. That'd be a good one, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, you know, you said come up with an idea of a character going into the future. Oh yeah. So should we do that one? Yeah. I've, I've well, this got is one. this is a this is a question I posed to the boys to say. Um, who would you like to read a story about a character who goes into the future? How and why? What happens? So it's almost like a pitch it kind of thing. Um, so do you want to go first, Dan? Yeah, my one's uh, for the Beano. Oh, nice. Dennis the Menace. <laughs> he, he goes into some, some like cryosleep Nasha <laughs> and he wakes up in Beano town like 500 years and like without his bullying of water, water's become sort of some uh like messianic figure and like everyone tries to be like water and everyone's soft and pansy as it were and then uh Dennis like idiocracy menace. but for softies yeah and then yeah. Dennis menace comes out and starts smashing everything up That's... i'd read that yeah. is he allowed to smash is, is Dennis menace allowed to be a menace these days so long since i've read it i've he's just called I... is he just called dennis dennis i don't know um, what about you, you d- I'd approach it in the same way that uh, you and Adam approach Atomic Hercules. getting a hand job in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's all... no sex in Water's Future. You kind of. Uh, of course like, not. A bit Small like dick Demolition. energy, Dan. Small dick a bit energy. like Demolition Man, that kind of vibe. <laughs> Mind you, see Sandra Bullock's now. I'd go in the future. Yeah. Just for the seashells. Stick me back in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? What about you, V? Oh, well, I think sounds odd. When I thought of it, one of the first ones I thought, which I think has kind of already been done, and Conan. But like, it's being done now, and it soon won't be. They've just <laughs> yeah. lost the license again, haven't they? Lost the license. <laughs> Have they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like Conan, but not like Conan in a modern time, or you know, not none of that. But just, just Conan in his world, but then something something happens and he's two hundred years ahead in that world. What does what does uh, is it Sumeria? Yeah. What does that look like? Because we've had the King Conan story, you know, and mm. and that's the classic tale of like Conan at the end, you know, at the end of everything when he's just a an old badass. But what about the Conan that all of a sudden is in? You know, what what this fictional world that's evolved never mind never mind a human world like a completely created world how does that evolve do you know what i mean i think you know does that become apocalyptic in a way but more but maybe more with like 
apocalyptic black magic and lots yeah, of black black magic and it turns into a hellscape with giant like just worms and like you know monsters and flying you know the world turns into a hellish ne- necromantical hellscape and what does how does conan live in that well, you know i mean conan usually puts the kibosh and that happen in many times exactly in the so, books at least so when so, him not being around that might if he's, pass. yeah if he's not there and he wakes up in it you know all this stuff you know all of these rituals that he would normally stop they actually happened do you know what I mean? But, but that's, yeah, so yeah, it's all the people he would have destroyed and beaten yeah. and stuff. But that's, more, that's more of the classic sort of like someone falls asleep, wakes up 75 years later, rather than a character existing until old age and the old age is, you know. I mean, I quite, I mean, as random as it may sound, something weird like the Six Million Dollar Man or something like that. Do you know, I just I take, love, I love that take, so some, take something weird yeah. like that where what happens to that character at the end of their life? Hmm. You know, someone like that, or or if you're going to do inflation, just just like, yeah, they suddenly look at their old joints and just think, oh god, this watch can do more than my arm. Yeah, um, you know, things like that are fascinating. Or you know, pick an pick an '80s TV show and just think, well, what happens to that character? Like, what happens to Michael Knight forty years later? I mean, don't say Baywatch. He's sort of laying on, laying naked on the floor, eating a burger that's falling on the floor. Yeah, I honestly think it's tough to tread new ground with if you do this with a character because I think a lot of the veins run dry. Not be cynical. Not be cynical. That's the thing. Is like, you know, these stories that we're talking about, uh, they're usually dark, bleak, but they're not truly. I mean, there's uh, Dark Knight's pretty cynical. I've got my one I'm going to talk about later on, which is Wonder Woman, Dead Dead Earth. Oh, yeah. I've Uh, not read this, actually. uh, We'll talk about it in the recommends and we're tired. Okay. Shall I do mine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my one, um, I I just got it crept in the door because it is like 160 novels. It's also, um, and two movies, it's also a um, comic. So mine's The Destroyer, which is also known as Remo Williams. So I'm a, I love these books. Talk about satire. Read one of them. It just he, yeah. if whatever the writer's angry about, he writes about it. And there's whole books about Quentin Tarantino and Hollywood because I think Quentin Tarantino is going to make a movie of it. But the comics are really good as well. So what you've got is Remo Williams is the student of this guy called Chen, who's this um, really sort of grumpy master of the Korean art of Sinanju. Um, mm-hmm. And Chen, uh, over the series of the series and the comics and everything, he. He re- he begins to really like Remo, and he tre- he, say he calls him his son, and he's and Remo is destined to be the master of Sinanju. Um, so this takes place twenty years ahead. Um, he is the master of Sinanju, but he's kind of given up. The world's gone to shit, and he's basically built a Waco like um, a Waco like commune. with just because there's a trick in Sinanju where you can tap a woman's wrist and she falls in love with you and yeah. has sex with you immediately, which is I've pr- tried that so much, but the so he's sat, surrounded by this um, harem, you know, old, and then a message comes through that someone has appeared who may well be the next master of Sinanju, and he has to go out and find him. That's that's sort of my thing. And I'd have Lee Weeks draw it. Oh, nice. Kicks yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Fred Ward, by the way, who we lost. Yeah, he was, he was great in that film. Yeah. That's a much underrated film, you know. They got a lot of that right, I think. 
Yeah, yeah. There was I've, a really, there was a really crappy TV movie made of it. It was going to be a, a series which you can find on YouTube. I've watched that more recently. I think we watched it in lockdown because right. I didn't realize it. You told me about it, and I was like, oh fuck! And I got on that, and it was like, yeah, I didn't get this quite right, did they? Yeah, and the one, Captain Janeway's like the sexy lady in it, isn't she? Yeah, she's kind of like a sort the of army. Brief, brief yeah, love it. I'm not even sure of a love interest. Yeah, she's quite good in it. Yeah. I, I don't think it's shown because the dude who plays. Chen is like a white guy in makeup, isn't he? I think. Yeah, that's yeah. it's one of those things to kind of, uh, yeah, it's kind of at the time it was just whatever, man. But like now it's like fucking hell. Yeah. That said, they still put fucking short circuit on TV. That's true. Yeah, he didn't do badly. He did a really shit impression of someone, and he also went out with um, what's her name, didn't he? He was the actress. Um, uh, oh, what's she been in? She's in um, what film has she uh, been in? Oh, uh, I'm trying to think of anything. She played Catwoman in Batman 2. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, Michelle yeah Pfeiffer. he was married to Michelle Pfeiffer, the bloke. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. He recently popped up in uh, Severance. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, so from... Okay. Still going all right for him then. Short circuit to Severance. There you go. And married <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. He's got, he was in Hackers as well. All right. Yeah. That's a high point. He was inside <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer at one point. <laughs> so... Uh, how did we get onto this subject? I don't know. From Fred Ward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Fred Ward, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Remo Williams. Up. Let's take it back to Remo Williams. I've, I've <laughs> watched that film with no concept of what the fuck it was about. Like, uh, I, I didn't know about Remo, like, in anything. So it was it was interesting. That whole thing, I'm pretty sure uh, Larry Hammer ripped that off. Because in G.I. Joe, there's a character that does something similar with the the pressure on the trigger and when watching the muscle movements, they can dodge out uh, of right. bullets. Okay. I remember, yeah, yeah, I, I remember him running over wet concrete. Yeah. That, that's the yeah. only bit I remember. I need to rewatch this again. There's a, it, Marvel did them as Marvel black and white magazines and they're great. And recently I was chatting to Dan Charnley and he went away and bought a load of the novels and they are fucking great fun. And they also do them as audio plays on um, Audible. You can get as well. Because that news when they said uh, Shane Black was taking an interest in doing it, mate, that'd be fucking brilliant. Oh, Yeah. He could do that absolute justice. Yeah. 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 In the comic I, version, there's like it's kind of like got like a uh havoc style white concentric t-shirt. circles. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. It goes a little doing. I'll tell you you'd be good as Remo in a movie, it'd be Scott Atkins. Yeah, that'd work. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, over hundred and fifty novels have been published. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've read about, I think, probably 80 or 90 of them at this point. Bloody hell. Um, and they are just, they're just like fun reads, man. He yeah. doesn't take, he gives zero shits. It's you know, he's like, oh. One of those books you could pick up at an airport back in the day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. to kind of like you read it, it's just a fun blast through it. There's a lots of them, like those kind of books. Like I see the kind of pulp novel. Colin, all these sort of things, the survivalists. Yeah. yeah, there's all these sort of books. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them that are crying out to be made into comics. I don't know what happens, but yeah. Yeah. So the uh, future imperfect or future I'll tell you one we haven't mentioned is um, a lot of the Kirby stuff. So Commandy and Omar yeah. as well. They sort of hear Is that a in... future of a DC universe? Uh, I th- is it now? I think it is. Yeah. Um, the Commandy one's great. Commandy's basically like yeah. the, the last kid left on Earth and he's surrounded by, you know, robots and anthropomorphic tigers. And guess we'd be know. remiss not to mention uh, Kingdom Come. And uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what was a, the, that's a Earth X? One. Was that the other one? What Marvel did was sort of set in the future Marvel universe with Captain America, who's got like the Oh uh, yeah, 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 stuff like yeah. that. And um, and obviously the one that set it all off is King of Spies. 
which has kind yes, of got that. Yeah, so I know yeah. that's, well, some would argue it's post-apocalyptic. I mean, didn't they start bringing in like the, the the black Superman symbol? Like, from, like, oh, look, we're going towards Kingdom Come. And it's like, yeah, bitch, fucking calm down. Some Justice Society stuff, and yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, fucking calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I find myself shouting that internally a lot these days. Yeah, uh, just calm Good. down. I should just block that phrase. We need to talk about or something on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking irritating. Yeah, let's <laughs> not moan. So, do you do, do you think the um, the comic marketplace is still a place for these sort of stories? You know, yeah, well written. Oh, yeah, so, do you think yeah, there's yeah. an audience for it? Do you think people still hunger for these sort of things? I when, fucking when was one the, this week. When was hmm. the? Oh uh, yeah, I suppose I was about to say when was the last? Wonder Woman one was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got the um, Wastelanders ones. You got the um, Hawkeye. I think it's Hawkeye, Black Widow, and Star Lord. The yeah. three. They're good. I, I read them. They're quite readable. Good fun. Yeah. I think a hero trying to bring law to a lawless land is always going to go down well. Uh, is it the sort I, of it, is the sort of story that would interest you with other publishers, say like a Valiant or? Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. I think you could do a great Eternal Warrior. Yeah. You know, I think I have pretty much, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bloodshot and the Apocalypse. Yeah. Well, what, what about someone like the Phantom? Do you know what I mean taking something? Like yeah, that, what, could totally you, what could you do with that? Yeah, apart from do a, apart from slam evil, love you, Billy Zane. They did do a yeah. a French animated thing with a phantom set in the future. It's okay. like a cyberpunk style future and the phantom knocking around because they did it with Jonah Hex. Do you remember Jonah Hex was in the far flung future for about two years? Ah, uh, okay, that was all right. I quite like that actually. You, you just know, put. The comic title with 2000 after it, didn't you? That's, yeah, that's but Ron Lim, now. Ron Lim on X Men 2099. Oh, oh yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, Ron God. Lim's like Salby yeah. Seema to me, it's just eternally readable, isn't it? That was yeah. the one where yeah. one of the characters had like a skull, he had like skull paint or something like that on his face, didn't he? That's a bell, yeah. But he had There's... like a didn't he have like a bandana? He had hair like Gambit, but he had like didn't yeah, he? That's, that's right, yeah yeah, 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 that's him, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah There's yeah. like a, a demon style one, obviously, you've got this short end of the stick when. That was a bit more kind of like this is what mutants would be like, a bit more mutant rather than Scott and Gene. That I often, like, yeah, I often think about it. It's a bit like, do you remember when Mad Max came out in the cinema and then we got a like, and then, well, sorry, when Conan came out in the cinema and then we got a raft of Ator and Beastmaster yeah, yeah. and all these sort of things, Iron Master, you got all these sort of Barbarian Queen, you got all these movies. And I like to think, I'd like to see that trashy version done, you know, of some of the characters. You know? uh, okay, yeah, that'd be interesting. Elvira in the future. I'd read the shit out of that one. <laughs> Vampirella in the future. Yeah, that's that's good. I've got that's all fair. of Vampirella comics on my pull list at the moment. They're brilliant. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, some of the covers on the Vampirella stuff is just they know their audience and they're they fucking do. delivering. Yeah. I don't order the, I don't ask for the cosplay covers, I just get the regular ones. Uh, well they yeah. they get in the black bags the one time. <laughs> yeah, they're special customers. <laughs> Nudge wink. <laughs> Greg takes a moment. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> I wonder if there's any small press one than a, a cosplay variant. That'd be interesting. No. Oh. Yeah, there you go. I've, I, I've, I, you know, sometimes I've seen, especially on the Kickstarters, or um, sometimes you get some independent, they, they rope in a model to do a cover, don't they, of their... <laughs> Uh, I've, I've, well, they do. <laughs> let's yeah. not, let's not put, let's just say it like it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when, you... I, when I when I was in New York, my mate Ed 
um, who do the cover for our comic, do you remember, for the anthology, yeah. he was on a table and they had a, a booth babe dressed up in the costumes of one of the characters. Yeah. But they get the punters over. Yeah. Yeah, she was quite funny, actually. Yeah. Well, I don't think she should understand my humour because she was wearing these sort of sparkly shorts and I said to her, oh, I've got those shorts. <laughs> no, are you? Uh, yeah, she probably had used to fucking the throwing bats. a few lines in. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you come with a car? <laughs> oh, you. Do you remember that Simpsons gag? Yeah, it's got the bird in front of the car, and every bloke yeah. comes up and says, "Oh, do you come with a car?" She's like, <laughs> "Oh, you." <laughs> Just <laughs> over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Well, it's certainly going to be interesting. We'd like to know what you think of these sort of the the, the imperfect future of com in comics, for want of a better term. I don't think we'll see a. I don't, won't see an end to them. We won't see an end to them, but I don't think we'll see uh, like an another. Because um, it felt like the old man Logan one was a stopping your tracks. This is a bit different, um, much like these other ones that we've talked about were like that I'm not sure that we'll see one like that certainly for a good while I think and it, I think if there is a story like that it might go under the radar that's what I'm worried about with comics a lot of the, a lot of the time some of the truly great stuff going under the radar due to other things do you, do you know what I mean I don't think yeah I'm not sure same if, with everything in comics yeah, isn't it yeah, yeah yeah I'm not sure if if the, if the market is the market sort of ready for one of these stories is it the, the there's not there's no marketing machine set up for good no, stories no. anymore it's all clickbait bollocks <laughs> you know nobody's saying oh this is like what a great story this is you know there's no marketing machine working on it it's almost no. like word of mouth i think sometimes these comics are, you know relying yeah. on like we're talking about that patch series that i read today yeah um so good man but where where's anyone talking about it i get most of my recommendations now off the slack group yeah. If someone says this is a really good title, I usually go and get it. So I say, okay, that's a that's yeah. a solid recommendation for me. Because uh, you, you won't get a fucking social media with the creators. They can, no one want to talk about never talk Starfire's about fucking, daughter or some such crap. You know, they don't talk about, about, about. This is a great title. Check this out. Or I'm really proud to be working on this. It's just stuff that's not about. Well, I I stopped scrolling around through Twitter. Yeah, six I've, months ago, it's just. A, just an eternal well of just people talking I, about themselves. I came off of it, then went back on of it, but now I just seem to be dropping out of it because yeah. it's so uninteresting. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. We're, we're almost, I'm, I'm about to be the devil's advocate again in a minute because we're going from like the the bleak future in comics to the bleak future so in comics. Of comics. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of comics. Um, do you... It absolutely fucking breaks my heart, man. Do you think... Um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I had a word this. Um, have we lost sight of people talking about s stories? Whenever I hear yeah. about comics now, yeah. I'm hearing yeah. about... I've, I've heard this two or three times in the last month. I'm hearing about characters and not the stories. Do you know what I mean? I'm hearing yep. about, well, you know, this person is doing this thing or, or that. There's not a my God, this adventure that they went yeah. on was amazing. And stories are what bring everyone together. They're what bring people together. Yeah. Because most of the people we see on social media and talking about it ain't reading them. Yeah, They want to talk about 
whatever the fucking stupid profile I, of, the, of this creator is or what the I don't give a agenda shit. is between this, mm. you know. They come out and say this character is like of this sexual persuasion. And it's like, and what are you going to do with them? But the, the whole thing is, no I don't, story there. The whole thing, if it's an, if it's a well-written story, I'm yeah, behind you, fine. man. But not, yeah. not if it's just, you're just using that as a shameless way to promote your comic. It's suddenly, it's utterly counterproductive for me buying it. But it's like a firework that kind of goes off and then it's just back to black. And no, there's no interest in it. There's no, that's just it that we got. And it's like, yeah, man, but for fuck's sake. If you, if you listen to some of the stories of any of those, like Immortal Hulk, the Department of Truth, you know, the Brubaker books. If you listen to anyone describe the story, you're fucking invested in it. Yeah, it's the story, man. Yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. doubt. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I think that's one of the wonderful things about, like, small press a lot of the time. Um, and and the books we talk about on a weekly basis, the story has to get us. Oh, without because, doubt, the concept because, because yeah. it doesn't have the lineage of anything else, does it? No. It doesn't have yeah. you know. We have no affiliation to your character, so win us with your story, and we will love your character. This is and we've loved a billion characters since we started mm. this shows that we that we didn't know yeah beforehand. But, and it all stands and falls on the sort of the merit of uh, on merit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, that is the thing about us. Look, I, I, I think, and I'm quite proud to say that we are a meritocracy. We talk about things that are good. Yeah, you know, not not well promoted, not well pumped. And you've only got to look at even the small press scene. Some of the stuff that gets sixty percent of the fucking noise is about four percent of the quality. Yeah, you know, I agree. We're just interested in. I'm not interested in your fake, shallow bullshit online. I want to see if your comic's good, hmm. and I'll promote anything that's good. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and well said, T. Thank I you. can't come for that. <laughs> yeah, so we want good stories. Yeah, good sto- get stories all the time, and uh, and we'll, we'll all stop to... whinging. And won't that it's... be a, that? Will be a, that's the yeah. utopia we want, yeah. Dan. That's the yeah. utopia we're fighting for. So we can stop <laughs> whinging on a weekly basis. Uh, it's not a topic to go into now, but I sent you that thing about like the, the villains of not having yeah. kind of evil villains and stuff. That's a that's a good one to the That was a subject um, for me and me and my boy over breakfast today. We talked yeah. about that. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, that's something I actually feel quite passionate about at the moment. The, yeah. the over glorification of horrible people. Yeah. Well it's not um, it's just rounding the edges often to the point where they're like Yeah. Uh, they, they yeah, they're fucking evil and they burn people alive. But to be fair, they got they got reasons for it. Uh, yeah, like, think okay. about what happened, what his, uh, his yeah. mum did to him. You know, yeah. fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think and it happens a lot. It's you know they've even there's been so many different versions of the Joker that it happens. But, uh, you know, it's like, weird, isn't it? In in real life, we're absolutely straight. You know, society just dives on someone for having a fucking curry. Yeah. You know, as being the world's <laughs> biggest fucking villain in the world. Yeah. You know, being comics, you know, you can kill like literally a half of the universe and goes, yeah, and just a hard life. Just in ta- you know? entertainment in general, right? And. This is this is one that I thought right okay I'm I'm going to talk about a, a, for a little bit about a TV show a TV show that I haven't watched but I'm aware of, aware of stuff and I'm going to talk about Killing Eve for a bit not I enjoyed the first season but I fell out of it anyway people are invested in these two char- two main characters one of them is a psychopathic assassin they may be charismatic they may they may be um you know you you, you may find them uh, an enjoyable character but they're a cold-blooded sociopathic they're the villain they're the villain right and in the end spoilers spoilers if you don't want it spoiled you've probably already watched it 
But people were losing their shit because the villain died in the end. Yeah, it was probably a weak source ending, but that, I don't care about the show. What I was, what caught my attention was people going, "Oh, they should have ended up together. They should have been this. They should have had the happy, happy ending that we all wanted for them." What are you talking about? Because when this show, <laughs> when this show started, some of the nicest, most innocent people in that show got brutally murdered by this character. Do you think because they have a romantic interest? They should get off scot free. Who are they saying about the two ladies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, you do see that a lot nowadays because they're, they're willing to forgive it because they're in a relationship. Yeah. Or there's that, yeah. there's that real willingness to kind of like, yeah. well, you know, they're in love. So yeah, but they fucking yeah. murder loads of people. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you know, I mean, if we really think about Harley Quinn, as much as as how fun that character is, but she's an accomplice to God knows what. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, some of these characters as well are horrible people. They're just they're horrible people. And I I know as, would mu- as much as yeah, <laughs> as much as a Suicide Squad is a fun comic, but now it is now the glorification. The bad guys are becoming the good guys, which which also speaks to you're not writing your good guys strong enough if your yeah. villains are overtaking them. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I pity about the. Uh... The MCU because the, the the passage I kind of uh, put up was uh, mentioned in Disney and trying to think in the MCU who's a straight out villain bad guy and I mean even Thanos is not like no, he's been great, written, yeah he's been written that to be completely and utterly sympathetic even Doctor Doom yeah yeah was about like him being having his reasons and you can sort of understand it and yeah but the interesting thing about that one with Infinity War I loved the Thanos in Infinity War. Because you saw his motivation and your reasoning, but I didn't walk out of that film thinking, "I hope he wins." No, I, yeah, I, I yeah. thought I thought it's scary because I see his point of view, but he's still evil, and I want him to lose. Hmm. He has to lose. If it was me, I'd do like ninety nine percent of people, not half. <laughs> oh my god, your end game, Thanos! You monster! Or, you absolute just be, beast! Just be me and a lot of ladies. That's yeah. how, if I was Thanos, that's what I'd use the glove for. That uh, glove thing. Me and the commander were talking about it today. We think Infinity. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, it's the absolute peak, and then after that, yeah. it was all downhill. Yeah, and it all has been downhill. I mean, we. I don't know about you guys. It's the hot take from a film that came out like three or four years ago. But fucking Endgame was a real kind of. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't think. I didn't think I'd be at a point of like. I think I'm done. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and I and it really surprised me when I thought, okay, I don't need to rush out to see them all. Yeah. Well, I'll get I that. have whenever, to because of spoilers, but that's not the point. Yeah, I get them whenever Benedict Cumberbatch says something in his American accent. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because I know a lot of people still like it, but at the moment, at the moment I'm just kind of shrug shoulders. And, okay. I'd rather read a comic, man. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather yeah, just sit there same. with the comics yeah. in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of Ron Lim, bit yeah. of, you know. Yeah, but the, the characters, you know, um, I'm just worried, you know, the, even with the X-Men, they end up turning him into villains a lot of the time, don't they? They... they vil- they is it vilify? Is that what is that what this mm. when you when you turn a character out of a villain or is no. that, why can't your heroes be strong enough? Yeah, do you know what I mean? They can be complicated. They can certainly be they can be broken in a lot of ways, but they've got to be a hero. Yeah, and it's... and I I think um it's something that I'm turning infinitely into a grumpy old bastard about and i have a real problem with the fact that i'm turning into my age and I, 
I don't like it. <laughs> I, I didn't mention on that Never Own in Anything podcast, uh, Tony, about the cap one, but in that age where Mark Grimm was writing cap, he's a little flat. Like he's too yeah. too straight and too kind of You almost mm. you almost like Walker, don't you? Yeah, because mm. too he's much. Got, he's, yeah. There's something more to him. Um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And he doesn't bone what's the name? Diamondback, Diamondback straight away. I'd be all over that. Yeah, you'd be on the dime. No, it doesn't really work that. Something yeah, yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. You, you do. You, you make the joke up. I'd be know. making the beast of two backs. And from there, from there to uh, I'm just gonna. You become pearl back. Oh. oh my god! Slippery back. Oh my god! Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway. That's it. That's we hit the point. That's it. That's it. We've hit the point. Uh, we've hit eight fifty-eight. Eight fifty-eight, and uh, yeah, let's Gone call it rehearsed. time of death. King yeah. Kong's finger. Um, <laughs> yes. But um, speaking of uh, things that make you shout out, have we got any shout outs this week, gents? Yes, I have. Twenty uh, eighth yeah. and 29th of May, between ten a.m. and five p.m., is nightly gaming in Bathgate, West Lothian, are hosting a makers market. It's free entry. Um, so if you're anywhere near to Bathgate in West Lothian, you can go in there and meet a certain Alan Henderson and his penned Gwyns. They'll be taken hey. in, so go go along and say hi to him. Um, the oh, We just mentioned Marvel lost Conan again, for fuck's sake. I've written in my notes. Um, <laughs> thanks to everyone for the nice comments for Desi's appearance last week. Um, I feel, as we have we have chatted, I feel another one's on the way, and Desi's mm. bang up for it, which was great. Because he, and he sent me a couple of messages and he was loving all the responses and stuff like that. So thanks to everyone for responding. I feel, I don't know whether you think, chaps, but I feel a Doctor Who comics segment coming on with Des. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. We've never, we, we've never really discussed Doctor Who either, have we? No, yeah, man. I, I That'd be know, spicy, it, wouldn't it? That fucking character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Old school, Happy to, um, man. Yeah, if you go to Des Skin One, number one, at yahoo.co.uk, or if you find him on Facebook, you can send him a message and buy his the first volume of the biography, which I read and is absolutely really good. Um, the I always keep meaning to give this dude a shout out because um, a lovely piece of art of his sits above my desk at work. And I just think for no other reason than I think you should be following this dude and buying his art. And it's um, it's uh, Grant Richards, who oh, is yes. just brilliant. Why is he not doing a load of Valiant Cup? Man, um, he did a Viper Two cover, and it's fucking amazing. Oh, it's so good. He did, he did like artwork for Herc, which I, I always piss Adam off with because I went and got it framed, and he says we could have used that for a cover. I said no, it's framed. It's above my desk now. You're not having it. And um, <laughs> so um, go over to Instagram and follow him at Grant Alexander Richards. Grant Alexander Richards on Instagram. You won't be, you won't be sorry. Fucking hell, it's class work. Um, just a couple of shout-outs for me, actually, but from a personal point of view. Myself and Adam are going to be at TCAF between the 17th and 19th of June. If you're going along, find me at the No-Brow table and or Adam and me at the Strangers table. Um, then we're going to be at Heroes Con in Charlotte in North Carolina between the 24th and the 26th. And me and Adam and Mr. Cumber are going to be um, in Artist Alley. So come and find us. I think Adam and Cliff are going to be doing some drawing. Um, I met up with big shout to Cliff. I met Cliff, who's over, who's over for a couple of days. Had a bit of done dinner in London. It was great, a great night. Great fun was had by all. Um, and my final one is um, just a little tease for something all three of us are working on. We're all working on a comic again together. How great is that? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Vince has just sent me almost the complete proof of um, Hidden Lives, 
Um, it's in the last few days of preparation. Um, I'm not going to say anything more than that for the moment. I just think just watch out for it because um, we're very proud of what we've done in it. And I, I think you two have done absolutely brilliantly with some quite grim material. Um, it's a little, it's attribute press and a little bit more serious than stuff that you're probably used to. But um, I'm chuffed as fuck about how it's coming together. Um, one of the contributors, um, Rachel Paul, was messaging me today saying, you must be well pleased because you're looking great. And it is. So it's keep, keep your ears open for that for that landing. Um, hidden lives. Yeah. There mine goes. There we go. Um Dan, have you got any? I've got two Kickstarters. Go for it. Okay. Uh we've got the Shadow of Rinsmith complete, uh the Lovecraft classic. Oh uh, my favourite my favourite um Lovecraft story though. Same. Yes, I really like the Shadow of Rinsmith. Mm. Uh that's going fucking that's going really well. It's got nineteen K uh of the oh, thousand thousand yeah. pound goal. So uh that's doing great. And then we've got Afterlife Inc. 10th Anniversary by your boy John Locke. Uh, collecting 10 years and over 800 pages of Afterlife Inc. as l- two luxury A4 hardbacks. Uh, and again, that smashed this total. So yeah, got fair place to do that, there. like to do a story for the like 10 years and stuff. I mean, obviously, Dan, you know, you've, mm. been, you've been doing Vanguard for... God we've only got long. three more years to go, lads, and we'll be doing our 10 years. Oh, God. Fucking yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, go go check it out. That's uh, Lovecraft and uh, Afterlife. Nice. Um, first one for, I've got two. Um, go to feralkingstudios.substack.com and sign up to Nathan Kelly's um, sort of newsletter. Oh, yeah. slash oh yeah. I'm sub- hoping to meet up with him actually. Um, because you get a comic in that NFA part part one and part two being being posted. And Nathan, dude, you're an absolute fucking beast. Somebody sign this dude up for like yeah. a full time gig doing something because, you know, it's free as well. It's Substacks yeah. free. It's not the a job Substacks for free. Yeah. You get a comic that is there's you know black ops with monsters. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I know it's been a passion project of his, and he absolute he's leveled up unbelievably and. Anyone that's listened to Nathan's episode will know that we were already big fans of his work anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely sign up to Feral Kingdom Studios because it's just fucking awesome. And he's he's um he's got there's more on the way because he's he's done another one shot which is coming soon. Um, and we will see you at Lawless. Um, coming at the Double Tree by Hilton uh, Hotel in Bristol, LawlessComicCon.co.uk. It's a two-day event. Saturday tickets are sold in, but sold out. But weekend and Sunday tickets are still available. No tickets are available on the door, um, but we will be there. There is a, an amazing sort of lineup of guests over the two days. Mike Collins is going to be there on the Sunday. Just just re- recently, oh, we won't see him, will we? No, but there is like John Wagner, Glenn Fabry, Clint Langley, Dan Cornwall. Um, I could read the whole list out. Brian um, Bolland. Brian Bolland is going to be there. Um, so, so many talented creators that could be there. And if you um, if you see a couple of people uh, wandering around looking like they're lost. Or make, I, I made you wear a hat last time, do you remember? And you were holding the strontium dog gun. Oh, yeah. When you say, when you say a hat, wasn't it? The... Well, it was a helmet, wasn't it, I suppose? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to do that again. Um, yeah, if you get some photos of uh, you holding uh, props, yeah. that'd be awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love all that stuff. Uh, that's the 28th and 29th of May. So we will be there on the 28th and hopefully see you there. 
So from that to uh, the final leg of the show and some recommendations um, for you lovely people. Tony, you've got two. Do you want to top and tail yeah. us? Okie dokie. Um, my first one is Prairie Pothole by John Porcelino. £5.40 in gosh. Only $6. It's from uncivilizedbooks.com. Um, are you guys aware of John Porcelino's work at all? No. No. I do. He's a bit of a sort of small press icon in the States. Um, I've recently become a fan of his work. I've been introduced to it by John Stewart. I've been sort of aware of him, but I hadn't really read it enough of it. Um, and we did a podcast chatting about his autobiographies, and he does a, he does a series called King Cat. Very popular on Patreon. Um, he'll send you out their little zines. Um, he's done a couple of graphic novels as well. Um, he's uh, also has a Wisconsin-based distro, so he distributes comics very well from his site. Um, this one's a bit different from his other stuff. Yeah, in the introduction, he talks about um, as a kid. And he talks about this in the stories as well. Um, he was a fan of a, a sort of alternative newspaper in the States called The Reader. I've not, I've not seen it before, but apparently it's his, his book, unless he's pulling, pulling my chain around it, but I think he's telling the truth. And he claims he grew up on it, and it had strips in it that included Hook's comic by Linda Barry, um, who we're big fans of, and Life in Hell. Can, do you know who did the comic strip Life in Hell, anyone? Man. You know this. You know this. I know this one. Life in Hell. Fuck. Uh, no. Uh, God. Past Magnus Magnuson. Matt Gronig. Ah, <sighs> yes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at one point recently, they were looking to revive the comic section in it because it's a lot of reviews and bands and film reviews and stuff like that, you know. And John got a call, fortunately. Um, for unfo- unfortunately, the comic strip section, it was quite short lived. Um, but it is also something equally that John's quite proud of being involved with. So this is a collection of those stories. Now they're done in sort of newspaper, four panel, you know, two up, two down, four panel page, you know, little strips. Um, and they're, they're really nice. They like his King Cat comics. They dig deep into um, John's life, um, both as an adult, but especially in this as a kid. And it also follows some of the themes that you see in King Cat's comics and John's other autobiography work. And it, you get a light shined on stuff like the animals that he grew up playing with and the bugs he saw and the plants. There's a, this <laughs> strange, really, I suppose, but there's almost a double page spread of how to identify plants in Wisconsin. It's just, you know, it's that it's typical. If you know John's work, you'll know that's very typical of what he does. Um, there's a little story about um, childhood aggressions and fights and arguments and games they play and stuff like that. And then there's a story, an anecdotal story about. A friend of his who was on his way home and saw a skunk on his in front of sitting in front of his door, so he got a bit scared, walked around the block again, and when he came back, the skunk was still sitting there staring at him. So this it's got that sort of nice, gentle humour about it, but coupled in with like a sense of realism in it. Um, John's art is very almost childlike, naive, with a very straightforward. I suppose the near. I always think about this, and I always think the nearest thing we've got is Elizabeth Querstrip, her stuff. Okay, mm. it's it's full of emotion and truth and stuff like that, but it's it's almost childlike in its stylings. But it's more, it's actually more than that when you look at it. Does that make sense? So if you just looked at it, you think, oh, anyone can draw that. But when you actually read it, you realise it's not. It's cleverer than that. Um, like I say, get if you if you become a fan of his, get on his Patreon because he sends out this cat zine, but he also sends you a membership card um, as well, which is quite a cool little touch. Um, in interviews, there's a touch of the crazy about him. I do like him, but he's he's a, he's a little bit sort of shouty. Um, 
yeah, he's an interesting. He's a really interesting character. I, it's perhaps not for everyone who's used to reading the X Men or the Avengers or something like that. But there's there's a quaint, familiar, friendly, individual idiosyncratic quality to his work that I think is very endearing. Um, and this is a nice little easy option. You can get into it. In fact, if you go into Gosh, they they've got this still. I don't know how long it will be there for because it's in quite popular. But they, if you look at on the bottom shelf, there's a little box of King Cat comics that you can buy. Well, they bought a chunk of them. I've got, I don't know, 20 of them, something like that. They're nice little reads, and they include a lot of text pieces, a lot of bits about nature, stories of his life. And this is this is a parallel to that. You'll, you'll get a taste for it if you, if you get this, and you can always buy it. And they're not expensive. He's kept the price down to that remarkably for a lot of small press. It's only £5.40, which is a good price for this. I think. There you go, Prairie Pothole. It'll be on the website, gosh, if you want to buy it as well. That's my first one. Nice. Um, Dan, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Uh, carrying on with our post-APOC uh, theme, as it were, uh, someone recommended Wonder Woman Dead Earth in the Slack group, uh, drawn by Danny Warren Johnston and written by Mike Spicer. And I picked it up as the hardback. It's absolutely fucking such a gorgeous book. Uh, Danny Warren Johnston's artwork. I'm, I'm a big fan of kind of his stuff and the kind of the, the movement and energy that he puts in his yeah. work. Uh, so, I, such a nice dude as well man isn't he yeah yeah really yeah i actually, actually like one of the best interviews i've seen recently um is on his youtube channel for um his new comic do a power bomb oh yeah i, I yeah, cannot yeah. i is cannot this the one with his family for. he gets his family to interview <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like his mum and his, solid, his dad and his wife and were, but, but like none of the like i mean obviously his wife from kids know what he does but his but his mum's clearly like, sort of like, oh yeah, so um, yeah, it's really good, isn't it? They're clearly people that don't know anything about comics. Well, I was listening to him today because he's on um, the last EOC, 11 o'clock comics. They got a couple of their friends on who've been nominated. Yeah. And he goes on and he was saying his mum and dad have now got a pull list in the local comic shop. And like, you're right, Vince, they don't really understand. But anything that he's involved with, they, they buy like 10 yeah. copies of it, you know? Yeah. And That's they're amazing. Genuine, yeah, and also from yeah. that interview, they're genuinely interested in what he yeah. does, even though he's like, he, you can tell by the way he's answering. He's like, it's it's someone talking to their family who know nothing about comics. You know, when you're talking <laughs> yeah, to people yeah, yeah. that don't know anything about comics about comics. Yeah, and it, there was one of it where he gets a FaceTime call from his dad, and it's some um, uh, Mexican dude or something. I think he says, like. Oh hello! I'm a big fan of your comics and sort of thing, and it's from his dad's phone, and it's his dad. This bloke's come around, I don't know, collect something, buy something, fix the freezer. I don't know what he's around there, and his dad goes, "Oh, do you like comics?" And he's like, decided to just get this bloke to ring his son on Facebook. <laughs> you know, oh, well, it's nice meeting you. Where's oh, my dad? Yeah. Oh, he's he's here. He's here. He's giving me some of your comics. It's like it's not the best thing ever. That's great. <laughs> that is great. Yeah, but, but carry on, Dad. Sorry, Dan. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's essentially Wonder Woman woke, wakes up uh, kind of like a, a cryo sleep in an absolutely like barren earth that's absolutely fucked over. And through the course of the story, she kind of like has to work out what's happened. Why is there no one around? Sort of none of the heroes are around, and why she survived. And uh, it's a fun little tale. I kind of uh, I, I feel like Danny Warren Johnson's artwork does a lot of the heavy lifting. The story's fine, but it's kind of like yeah. I feel like I've seen it before. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I've I've said like about five times there. Uh, <laughs> I uh, it's a decent, solid story. Like, it's, it hits all those kind of tropes we've mentioned in the the past chat we've had for like for the hour about like 
uh, I said like again. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's like kind of all the, the the hero waking up like she's an absolute badass and she's got to work out what's what's gone on and you kind of get an overall uh, feel for the world. But it kind of hints that there might be more and it's like, I don't really need to see any more of this. It's It sets out what it needs to do. It's a fun read. Uh, I, I wasn't over overly impressed well it's not sad wasn't overly impressed i enjoyed it that's what i'd say it it's 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 a decent book but i wouldn't be like oh my god this is the best thing since sliced bread peter ray bill man fucking hell what a book that is I should give that's that good go. as well yeah got you gotta jump on that man um i know i was speaking to Eamon got a copy of it after we talked about it last time it's fucking brilliant it does make me wonder what peter ray bill's knobs like though Okay, in, well... In, uh... One thing in this, there's a bit where like it's all kind of like hand-to-hand combat, so there's no guns and rockets or stuff around, and, and Danny Warren Johnson does well at all that stuff. And I was, near the end of the book, like, there's a big uh, fight coming, and like one of the people's like, oh, well, I kept all this back in case we needed it, and like there's this vault full of fucking guns, rockets, and everything. I go, here we go. Here we go. You know, I like get the impression, out- yeah, I kind of get the impression that he does like a big two, and then he goes off and does his own. Then does a big two and goes off. Is it? Is it that? I wonder if that's how he works. Maybe it might be yeah. that whole thing of, you know, that like some of those actors do like the big films and then they use the money. So they can do the indie movie, yeah, an indie film. Yeah, but yeah, the th- but the thing, the interesting thing about him is, it's a lot of his his own stories that people are absolutely fucking falling over head over heels for. Yeah, like, the way he the way he lays ink, man. Yeah. Uh, I just the the energy in anything he does. The way just, he breaks your heart after. Yeah. It, you know, just punching you in the face. It's amazing. Exploded everything. on the scene with that fucking A wing, Star Wars. That was like a oh, real calling card. Space mullet. That was, that, yeah, yeah, space yeah. mullet. Yeah, space mullet is still. A I've got those. Uh, I've got those bagged. Those little little indie yeah. books. You know, the little homage books. Yeah. He was kind of riding that kind of manga wave before it, the second, yeah, or third, fourth, whatever big manga wave hit again, like we've just had. Yeah, he was fucking on top of that wave riding it and he's just done great Mm. hats off to him yeah good stuff man what a dude yeah yeah um from uh that to my pick which is a book that's been out since 2012 oh but i discovered it on comic house hey Hey. i think they owe us another fiver for that don't they every time we mention their name fiver that's That's how it works um (laughs) just like tom curry and Skelly Bob. Yeah, he me money. <laughs> yep. Um, this one is Little Death by Tom- Thomas Kreebaum. Oh. Um, this is from Soaring Penguin, Penguin Press. It's uh, it's an English translation of the dark comedy. Um, it's an, by Austrian artist Thomas Kreebaum. Um, and the synopsis is, he comes when he is least expected. If you hear a knock at the door, you should fear the worst. But what happens if he just comes in and sits behind you at the counter? or only wants to stroke the cat. As a travelling salesman dealing with the final matter, Creebaum's little man in a black suit does not always seem happy with his own vocation. Wherever he appears, small talk plays a subordinate role. Um, and basically, it's it's death. It's just it's just 14 stories about a tiny little fella. Like, up, he, only re- he barely even reaches your knee. Um, little black suit. He almost looks like a... a Someone from a ska band in the in the early eighties. He's got that sort of little sort of hat. Um, right. You know, one of the um, who did Ghost Town? Oh, uh, the specials. 
The specials. Yeah, yeah, it's all the specials. Um, he's got like sort of dark glasses. But this is, although it says an English translation, they had very little to translate because this is uh, They're the best kind of uh, import books, aren't they? Yeah, because you know th- this is a, a hilarious um, sort of comedy book, black comedy book, where it's just lots of short tales, um, and and it's you know him bumping into people, saying hello, and then them dropping dead. Um, I knew um, I was going to like the sort of humour of this when the first tale is. Um, Death knocks at the door. Um, th- there's a there's like a couple. There's a, there's a woman who looks miserable as sin, but she's um she's doing the ironing and her husband sat in a chair. The doorbell goes and she gives her husband a filthy look. So he's like, <sighs> he sort of sighs and goes to answer the door. Sees it's death, and then he walks back and sits down. And she goes, "Who is it?" And he's like, well, "It's for you." <laughs> <laughs> so she goes off to answer it, um, and it does this. The design of this book's really nice as well. It's told in a, it's a, it's two tone. It's sort of blues and blacks. Um, great little um, illustrative sort of star to it. Um, but in between each chapter, there's like a sand timer that almost counts down how long the book's got between each chapter. Um, lots of different, and some of them are just one page. Some of them, you know, he's not killing everyone. There's, there's usually a twist. On different sort of stories, and sometimes he accidentally kills people. Um, but little, it's on Comic House, and uh, I, it's just it's a quick read and it's a fun read. I think Soaring Penguin have added a lot of stuff to Comic yeah, they House. Yeah, all their Meanwhile stuffs on there. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah. Um, but this is definitely one that you need to check out because it's a quick read, but it's just beautiful to look at and. Just amazing. So a little, little death right up my street. It was, it was even though there's lots of people dying, it's very jolly, and it's just it's just a real pleasant read. So check it out on Comic House. I looked on um online and stuff, and because it's an older book, it's it's difficult to to get a print a print copy. You know, usually it'll probably cost through the nose, and it's only like ninety six pages. Um, so this sort of avenue is the perfect sort of way to discover books like this. That's my one, Ooh. but I will awesome. reread it because it's like one of those. It's almost got that almost the far side sort of quality where you can just pick up, oh, okay. look, look at a joke, and then laugh, and then move on. Yeah, it's great <laughs> stuff. So, that, so that's my one. Um, and Tony, what's your final? Yeah, one? last one. Um, Hawk the Slayer, issue two of five. Um, yes. script, script Garth Ennis, art Henry Flint, letters Rob Steen, cover Greg Staples. Um, takes place five years after the events of the nineteen eighty movie. Um, and it's still got it's 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 five five issue miniseries. It's still got um like a bit of a getting the old team um back together to fight the big bad, the big evil sort of feel to it. Um, it's spoilers. End of issue one. Crow appears, who's a character from the first movie, um from the movie. Um, it's pretty fucking excellent. Ennis has a real grip of these characters. Like you read issue one, Dan? Is that right? Yeah, I've got issue one. Yeah, uh, I, I like I said, I've kind of it feels like it's almost direct continuation of the films, and the characters have got their voices. It's yeah, yeah, got it really it. does. Yeah, the um, is it the giant? His giant's called Gort, I think, isn't he? Yeah, off the top of my head. And he, him, and Hawk. There's a real sense of I'm hearing the actors' voices in my head when I'm reading Garth's script because he's mm. 
let's face it, it was never the best acted movie. It's a great movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I enjoyed it. But mm. do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's not perfect. Um, it's also not a parody, which I'm glad of. It's so easy to do these and, you know, take the piss out of what had happened previously in quite a yeah. schlocky movie. But he doesn't do that. It's treated with reverence, which I really like to see, um, which I was I'm a bit afraid he was going to that somebody was going to fuck around with it. But they haven't. Well, um, the p- people that are picking up a Hawk the Sour comics are presumably fans of the original. So to kind of you would like to think so to desecrate yeah. it in the manner is kind of seems foolish. So I'm yeah. glad they didn't do that. Yeah, um, Flint's art, um, the line work and the the actual art itself is Henry Flint is brilliant. I have to say the way he puts together a page, it's got a real. It's hard. To, I'm trying to put my finger on it earlier, but there's his line and his character drawing is in line with the great classic comics mm. but there's an edgy punkish feel to it as well which makes it slightly fresher in a way um <clears throat> he uses a great he's great in laying out but he also uses some great um examples of space i think i showed you a couple of pages one um which is the opening page of the crow sitting there surrounded by his arrows which he's cleaning and another one where you've got the villain in hell looking up at these sort of floating demons and you feel the stone and you feel the heat. It's really good. I will say um, a slight niggle is some of the colouring in this is just bizarre. I just couldn't figure it out. It's like there's no, it's almost just like very flat colouring that looks a bit like, um, <laughs> it's funny to say this, is it looks a bit like it's an old black and white comic that a kid sort of, sat down and coloured over with crayons occasionally. I'm not really sure what they're doing, but uh, it, it, it didn't take it away. I still enjoyed the comic. Um, it's a very dense read, actually. It's quite a long read for your money, which is good. Some of the pages, it, it's just, there's, you know, I don't, in the film, they were always in like some dirty forest, weren't they? You yeah. Know, it's probably just Epping Forest or something, but it just looked evil, the forest they're in. And he recreates this at night time. There's a great sequence where Hawk is holding up the sword. And is it the mind gem or something like that, isn't it? The, the mind, mind stone. Yeah. Stone, yeah. Which is in the end of his sword. He's holding up and he's illuminating the way as they ride through. And it's done as this sort of circle. It's almost like Havoc's power, you know, the way that he ripples yeah. out in circles. It's almost like that across the page. Beautiful stuff. Really good. Um, I don't know why I slept on this. I didn't pick it up the first week it was out. And I've, I don't know why. Because my, my first issue came as a sort of in the bag with um, the Judge Dredd magazine. So I don't know what happened, but it seems to be now being released by Rebellion um, separately. This is £3.99, which is quite pretty good. Yeah. Um, through You can get it, you can read it digitally through the 2018 site. But yeah, okay. really good. Um, Garth Innes does no wrong for me. I'll tell you now. I'd read anything he does. Yeah. I've got the first yeah. one for Vayman and the magazine. Oh, yeah. Uh, off the pound shop and then I put a pre-order in for the comic and then when the first issue turned up it was exactly the same thing right. I was like that's good oh right okay <laughs> <laughs> oh I see that's what they're doing so that was like a freebie and then you could oh uh, okay and then you could get like but it was literally the entirety of issue one I thought oh you might need to get a taste or something but it's literally the whole issue like up to a point where Crow comes <laughs> with, I was like yeah great it's a bit more of a perhaps a bit more communication there 2000 AD about how they're doing it but yeah. I'll get 2000 AD weekly through the post and I still don't understand what's happening no, yeah, you even thought you would have done like like a like an ash can kind of thing, like five pages or yeah. something. But it was the whole thing. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. So that's my one. Hawk the Slayer from Rebellion. Get on it. By okay. all the gods, Hawk. That's my impression <laughs> yeah. of. It's very good. 
And what a, what a way to finish our recommendations this week. Impressed and what, what a way <laughs> to uh, finish this week's show. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed this week's rant, rave, and looking at the, the bleak future in comics and a little bit <laughs> of comics with us. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. If there's anything you want us to talk about in upcoming episodes or any events or any um, charity drives or anything like that you want us to shout out about, there's several different ways you can get in touch with us. You can email us, awesomecomicspod at gmail.com. Follow us on social media, whether it be on Twitter, at the TheAwesomePod. Uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash awesomecomicspodcast. There's a community group, Awesome Comics Talk, and the Slack group, which is full of great channels and lots of great yeah. comic talk there. If you want to get involved in that, get in touch with us, and uh, we'll add you to that, and you can get stuck in as well. Um, thank you for listening to us, whether it was on the website, awesomecomics.podbean.com. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife. What other networks are we on, Tony? We're on Pod. I think a monkey, a monkey fucked me in the mouth while I was asleep. Fucking uh, hell. I mean, it's uh, it's the podcast network that keeps on giving. Um, Thanks, Tories. <laughs> Damn it. I thought I, thought I could get through it. But that, that, he got me right at the end. That one always gets you. Yeah, like Jason Voorhees rising from the river. You're never safe around Tony Esmond. Anyway, that's well, actually, that's a bit weird. But um, where can people find us online, etc.? Uh, Tony? Neverironanything.com or neverironanything.bigcartel.com where you keep your eye out for our new books dropping. Nice. Dan? You can find me uh, mainly on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Vanguard Comic. Yes. That's the best place to find me. It's the best place. On the I, did, I love the, I I love the way you said that, Dan. Find me? me? I put up a double page spread of Vanguard this week. So you saucy devil, ambassador. I, that's what I'm going to keep uh, call you for now because you keep on spoiling us. I, I keep thinking, oh, is this the right page number to do a spread on? And I was like, oh yeah, it is. Thank fuck. Because it was just <laughs> yeah, going to be, yeah. is this going to be a single page? And I thought, oh, I'll make, make oh, mate, I make a comic. I actually get pieces of photocopy paper and fold them together so that I don't get it wrong around the page. That's why I always, do. I always, I always do, fuck it I up. I always do mock ups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can find me um, making mock ups, etc., on social media at Jester Diablo. Thank you very much for listening, folks. Whether you be regular listeners, new listeners, one time listeners, we love all of you. And we hope wherever you are in the world, you're doing okay and uh, happy, healthy, and having a good week or about to have a good week. As long as it's reading comics, making comics, and just. We'll see being, you next week. We might even see we, you. We might see, it. might see a couple of you. And, How long uh, it, when did I last see you, Vince? Was it Thought Bubble? Might be. Yeah. Yeah. That's the last time I saw any of you guys. Yeah. Mm. Can be an emotional. Yeah. Emotional? No, I'm not saying that. Yeah, say it. No. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, the thing is, I, I, I'm not afraid of my emotions like Tony because, guys, if you're listening, know that I love you. And Dan, you love them, don't you? Yes. Yeah. But Tony, I'm not afraid of my emotions. I fucking hate you all. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to stick with this show to find out which episode this is going to change. Because by by god damn it, I'm going to make him. A, we were make just it talking about Vi- we were talking about Viagra earlier, weren't we? Yeah, we were. Right, yeah, yeah. But that but that's an outtake that you'll never hear. Anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. <laughs> Um, from Dan, Tony and myself 
Have a brilliant week. Read loads of comics. Make loads of comics. Enjoy a bright future in the week ahead rather than yes. this bleakness that we've been talking yeah. about. Yeah, wear the shades like all the cool kids and us. Uh, have a great week. And what else should they do, guys? Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Yes. See you, everyone. Bye. See you later.